Hey, what's up, everybody? How you doing? Episode number 285, Drink Until You Podcast. The only podcast that lasts until the last drop. How the hell is your Sunday going? How the hell was your week? Uh, how about that three-day work week, people? Oh, man, I could get used to that. Um, <clears throat> it was sort of nice. I mean, it's not it's not perfect. It's not a perfect thing because it's it's always the... When you miss a day or two, it's never like you come back <clears throat> and everything's like the way you left it. It's never that way. <laughs> it's always people needing shit from you, send this email, call this person, you know, um, all that shit. It's, it's like an overwhelming amount. So in those three days of work, you're actually probably doing four to five days of work, which is why it seemed like a pretty long week, even though it was only three days. You're making up the difference. You know, I say if we just change to three day work weeks in general, that'll be the new norm. You know, and then and then when you come back after your your four days off, everything will just be normal because everybody's used to getting business done in three days. I think that's what we should do, people. Uh, but that doesn't keep the world spinning, does it? That doesn't keep Jeff Bezos rich, does it? Uh, and then keep fucking Elon Musk rich, does it? Zuckerberg doesn't keep him rich, does it? Are they really going to do that fight? <clears throat> Zuckerberg and, and uh, oh, what's this fight? And Musk. Zuckerberg versus Musk. Um, I probably shouldn't. This is really mean to say, but he's uh, Elon Musk is one of the worst people ever. To take off their shirts, like just no. <laughs> he's a goddamn. He's fucking fluorescent, dude. He's not even white. He's fucking fluorescent. Good lord. Spray tanner. So that's the only time I support a spray tan. That's a, that's my next tweet. I gotta tweet it right now. The only time I support a spray tan is on Elon Musk. <laughs> I wonder if this is gonna get me in trouble. Time I support. A spray tan is on Elon Musk's fluorescent. I can't spell fluorescent. That's the problem. Fluorescent body. The only time I, su I support a spray tan is on Elon Musk's fluorescent body. <laughs> uh, he owns Twitter now. That's probably the worst place to put it. Um, there, that, I mean, it's going to be funny and I'm going to definitely watch if it actually happens. Those two get in a ring with boxing gloves trained up for a couple of months. It's going to be awesome. I don't think you've ever seen anything like that. I, and, and, and I said this probably years ago and I, I'm not the first person to come up with this idea. Why don't we make politicians get in there and fight each other? You know, <laughs> who wants the policy more, sir? <laughs> that would be great. It, it would generate, this is what they love to say too, and the government, it would generate uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue for the government to pay back, you know, whatever, pay back all this fucking debt. What did that meme say? It's like we gotta, we gotta, you know, us, us Americans, we have to pay back all this debt. And the meme was like, I didn't spend any of the money. I didn't see any of the money. I'm not paying back shit. I didn't mishandle the money. That's on you government it's all a scheme it's all a scheme the dollar amount is to scare you 
to make you feel. And it's a, they do the same thing in your personal life. Having bad credit, having, you know, whatever. It's a stupid game. They set up. You have to play. Um, and if you don't play, you lose. You end up living under a bridge in a box. <laughs> you know? Shouting out obscenities to passing cars. And rocks on the ground. Uh, anyways, I hadn't even said when I'm drinking. I don't know if this is a legit white Russian, but I'm I'm calling it a legit white Russian because not only does it have Camorra, the coffee liqueur, it actually is made with real coffee. Vodka, cream, Camorra, and actual... I did like eight scoops of fucking coffee in this thing, so I'm going to be awake for a while. Uh, if you got them, drink them. Bottoms up. Cheers, everybody. Mmm. Oh, man, I can't drink that as fast. It's pretty fucking hot. I, I think this is the first time I've ever had a hot drink on the podcast. Let's take another drink to that. Cheers, everybody. Why not? Um, anyway, what have I been doing this weekend? A uh, little bit of streaming, watching some baseball, watched some UFC last night. Um, Robbie Lawler retiring. It was his last fight of his career. I just can't believe how long... He fought. Now, back before, um, I knew what UFC was back in the day, you know, back in like high school, whatever. And I did watch UFC, but there were so many um, up and coming uh, fighting organizations. You know, everybody's trying to cash in on this MMA thing back in the day. They see UFC is about to blow up. So there's one called King of the Cage. And you could tell these, these guys, I mean, they weren't all bad, but um, I, I'm pretty sure I saw a lot of big names. It was like the whole WWE and WCW back in the day. You would see somebody on WCW, and they would just be electric um, and, and just, you know, stealing the show, so to speak. And it's like, uh, you know, a couple months later, guess who's showing up on WWF? Or what used to be WWF back in the day. It's now WWE. Um, it's, it's like that same thing, man. King of the cage was like the downgraded version of UFC. So, uh, you know, all of these fighters weren't good. There were some brutal knockouts because these fighters were not that good. You know what I mean? You get a trained fighter versus someone who's like, yeah, I've trained a couple of times. Yeah. You're getting your fucking head beat in dude. Um, so that's what made King of the cage exciting. And I'm pretty sure Robbie Lawler started there. I'm pretty sure he's one of the names that I remember from back in the day. And and Lawler's always been jacked. You know, I was like, who is this fucking swole-ass motherfucker? And yeah, dude, he swings for the fences. He's had a great career. Um, uh, This next drink is for him, man. Thanks for all the fights. He's not my favorite fighter, but he's been around. And it takes some balls and some stamina to stay in that game. I, I, dude, I, I, I have to imagine it was 20-plus years he's been in this fucking game. That's a long time to fight. Golfers, you can go till you're 60, 70 fucking years old. It don't matter, you know? Like, you're not getting hit, hopefully. No one's whacking a fucking golf ball into your temple. That's why they yell four, right? And if you're hard of hearing, it's not a good place, <laughs> a good place to be. I just picture that fucking lady in Happy Gilmore. He breaks the window and she sticks her head out the window and gets clocked with that fucking golf ball, dude. The noise, the noise they put in there for that is, uh, that's what gets me. I can still hear it. It still rings in my head. 
Um, anyways, <clears throat> yeah, Robbie Lawler, congratulations, man. He, he's been around the game for a long time. I'm pretty sure he's one of the ones that started in King of the Cage. I'm pretty sure him and I, I'm pretty sure I saw Frank Mir back in the day on King of the Cage. Um, I don't know. Who was the Beastman Eastman? What was his first name? He I, he was like a goddamn bodybuilder, dude. Super physically intimidating. He wasn't the tallest man in the world. He's probably like, I don't know, 5'8 to 5'10. But he's just, I mean, he looked like a damn bodybuilder. He was just built. Um, he was not very good. Beastman Eastman. He looked tough. I can't remember his first name. Uh, King of the Cage. Eventually moving on to <clears throat> UFC, I believe. And he didn't fare so well in there either. Um, if you're not going to make it in King of the Cage, you're not going to make it in UFC. Um, so yeah, good round of fights last night. I watched as much as I could. The co-main event, um, in my opinion, was better than the main event. That's just my humble opinion. That Those guys fucking went at it. A lot like I was saying last week, those, those women, you know, one of them busted the other one open, and then next round... The the one that wasn't busted open got busted open. They're just bleeding all over the fucking canvas in the in the octagon. I mean, that was literally a stamp of this men's fight last night. I mean, one got busted open. I can't remember the dude's name. Moreno. I think it was Moreno. Dude, he got beat the fuck up in that first round, man. Um, I can't remember how to say the other guy's last name. Um... But anyway, I could look it up. I'm just not going to. But uh, yeah, Moreno, man, he got his ass kicked in that first round. The other dude was just all over him, faster, stronger. And then Moreno did something in the second round that I really, really enjoy just as a fighting fan in general. I enjoy a good jab. I enjoy a good jab. I enjoy a good and effective jab. You know, keep your distance from the opponent. Um, you're still scoring points if you're touching them with it. Um, it. It can be so effective. It's the fastest punch you have. If you're an orthodox fighter, you know, your right hand back, your left hand forward, your left hand's closer to them. It's the fastest punch you have. It scores points, and it can be brutally effective. And Moreno, dude, he he wasn't even MMAing anymore in the second round. He was strictly boxing. And his jab completely changed the fight. I can't remember who ended up winning the fight, but the first round, I'm thinking the other guy's got it. Oh, man, he's going to beat the hell out of him the whole fight. And then Moreno comes out with a jab, and it's it's really effective. Very, very good jab. I've never... I can't think of another UFC fighter with a, a jab like that. Or, or, or another UFC... If they do have a good jab like that, they don't throw it as often... As Moreno was throwing it. I thought it was awesome. He he took a complicated um, sport. He took a complicated opponent. And he simplified it. One punch. I need one punch to win this fight. That's amazing, dude. Especially, it's even more amazing, like I'm saying, for the fact that these guys can throw kicks and elbows and fucking all kinds of shit. You know, knees. All that. Um, <clears throat> so the fact that he went out there, I mean, it just proves its effectiveness in that long arm reach, you know, what do they say? You're, um, when you have a good jab, I, I got a dog and it bites. You're not going to come onto my porch. 
you know, without meeting the fucking dog. <laughs> That's the jab, essentially, you know. To get to me, you got to get through that. Uh, it's a great metaphor, great metaphor. A uh, good set of fights last night, man. Uh, like I said, congratulations, Robbie Lawler, <clears throat> on a great career. Um, wh what a way to go out. He knocked the guy out in the first fucking round. <laughs> what a way to go out. Um, <clears throat> and for someone who doesn't get very emotional, that last time walking into the cage, he got emotional. And then after the fight, he, he won by knockout. What a way to go out. Everybody's congratulating him. He's, he's getting emotional by the crowd. It's just, that's, that's good to see, man. That's, that's what's, that's a sportsman cry right there. You know, a, a life well lived. He dedicated his fucking life to this sport. And I'm, I'm sure he's still going to, I'm sure he's a coach or he's got a gym or, you know, whatever. Um, just that level of dedication that you're allowed to cry, Robbie. It's okay, buddy. I don't judge you. You're not any less of a man to me. Um, because you put your life, you know, that was your life. Just the MMA every day. And dude, when he fucking swings too, like this guy's a madman, dude. He's trying to kill you. It seems like, but he, you know, at the end of the fight, he's the most respectful fucking dude. He knocked that guy out last night, you know, celebrated a little bit and immediately just went over to be like, is he all right? You know, that'd be a horrible way to go out. <laughs> if something worse happened to the guy, I'm not going to say what. Um, so, yeah, good set of fights last night, man. I watched as much as I could. Um, it was an all day event. Finally, there were people in the audience. Finally, in Vegas. Jeez. It just kills the vibe whenever it's like, and, and I, I still like watching the events when there's no crowd. It just kind of kills the vibe, you know. It's like the end of the round. You hear tut tut tut. It's the end of the round. Ten seconds left, and then they blow the horn, and the guys go sit down on the stool, and you can't hear shit. I mean, it's just silence. You can hear the corner man fart if he, you know. <laughs> it's like this is boring. Like, I know other people are watching at home, but I'm not with those people. I can't see how amped up people are getting. You know, and there's something about the, the roar of the crowd when you you hit a baseball, uh, you know, for a home run. Or, a, you know, you throw for a Hail Mary touchdown. There's something about the roar of the crowd when that happens. Either way, if it's booze or if it's cheers, it just amps you up. I, I have to assume, I've never played professionally in any sport, if you're the opposing team in the other, you know, away, if you're the away team, I should say, and you'd make a huge play and people are booing you, I have to imagine that almost gives you the same, you know, like adrenaline <clears throat> as if you were at home and you made a huge play. <clears throat> I don't know what's happening with my throat right now. Let's take another drink. Cheers. Mm. Still a little bit warm there. Um, I have to imagine it's the same amount of adrenaline, or close at least. Um, that's what, oh, dude, um, the perfect example. Uh, we're moving on to baseball now. Um, Rangers the other night just getting our ass kicked by Boston. I mean, Bruce Bochy got in his 10,000 steps just walking to the mound and back to the dugout. I mean, he had five different relievers in there because we just couldn't get a fucking a single out. We already had one out. 
it took like two more pitchers to get another out. And and they're just running the bases the whole time. You know, they're just knocking the ball around, just running around the bases. Bochi is back and forth from the mound, taking guys out, putting guys in. And finally, finally, he puts in the big dog, LeClerc. And I love LeClerc's swagger, dude. Like, he's awesome. He knew what he was there to do. And he walked from that bullpen to that mound in the middle of fucking Boston just looking around in the crowd, just looking at, you know, just random people. And you can tell just the look on his face is like, I'm here to shut down this fucking party. Because, I mean, the stadium was going nuts. Like I said, we can't get anybody out. This is just one inning. I think they scored six or seven runs in one inning. Like, the, the, the crowd is going nuts. And, you know, after five pitchers, we finally put in Leclerc. And, like I said, I just love his attitude. I love his demeanor walking out there like yeah i'm the fucking man and i'm here to kill your fucking good time and that's exactly what he did he killed everybody's good time that six run seven run inning whatever it was he came in and shut them the fuck down uh dude if we had three more leclerc's i think we're world series bound you know what i mean and i know bochi's not happy he, I, I don't know if he was necessarily bitching at maddox over in the dugout, but um, after he finally got Leclerc in there, you can see them over there having a conversation, and you know he's not happy. He's like he's got to talk to management or something about get us some d better relievers. All these guys that come up, all these guys that he put in in that game, and but I've never heard of any of them other than Leclerc. They're nobodies, and they pitched like nobodies. No offense, sorry, if you're on the team and you're, you're hearing this, but you pitched like a nobody. You pitched like someone I shouldn't remember your name. And you're probably not going to be in the big leagues for very long. I mean, I'm not saying that's for a fact. I, I don't make those choices, those decisions. But that's just how it was perceived to me as a fan looking in from the outside. I was like, who is this asshole with the goofy-ass mustache throwing... I mean, just tossing them up for these guys to crack. Like, who is this? No wonder I've never heard of you. You know, I doubt I ever hear from you again with the way you came in and couldn't get a single out. <coughs> I think one guy came in and did like three pitches and it's like they got a base hit and another run and Bochy's just like out there again like, no, like I'm not even going to give you the benefit of the doubt because this is getting out of hand. And it did. Man, I'm telling you, if we had three more Leclerc's, dude, he's tricky. He's intelligent. Um, yeah, he knows what he's doing, man. He knows how to get outs, whether that's inducing a ground ball or strikeouts, man. I think his main thing, from what I could tell, I don't know. There's been so much argument over what a pitch is called. I don't want to call it the wrong thing now. But I perceive it to be a slider, is what he leans on heavily. Starts in the zone, ends outside of the zone. You, you get the, the batter's eyes going, oh, it's coming right down the middle. And then it, you know, curves out of the zone, slides out of the zone for a strike either a swing and miss or it was close enough man he threw some killer pitches the other night close enough on the corners where it counted for a strike and the batter i mean the batter can't say shit like he can't even look back to the ump to be like dude you sh are, are you sure about that 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 and i ain't there's none of that <laughs> it's just fucking right on the corner what are you gonna do hit it I dare you, and, and they couldn't. Uh, but I just love LeClerc's 
swagger, dude. Like, he came in to shut down the party. The party in Boston. And um, that's exactly what the fuck he did. And I love it. Let's take another drink. Cheers, everybody. Now, I saw this today on Twitter. Uh, Twitter. I keep calling it Twitter. I don't know why. Twitter. Twitter. Oh, my God. Um, <clears throat> I saw this today on Twitter. Jonah Hill, <clears throat> I guess his ex-girlfriend um, from two fucking years ago, decided two years later to put out a text from Jonah Hill, and I might receive backlash on my uh, on my opinion here, and I don't really give a shit. I'm just not I'm not understanding. I guess what people are are saying about this situation. So basically the text was from Jonah to said girlfriend at the time, ex-girlfriend now. Uh it was basically like here are here's a list of the things that have hurt our relationship that make me uncomfortable. And I you know, I'm not I'm not quoting exactly what the text said. I could look at it right now, but I I'm just not going to. Well, you know what? Yes. Just for context, let's let's see the text. Jonah Hill. I got to search him on Twitter. So let me show you what his text message says. Hold on. Let's listen to this guy. restricting her on, you know, obviously you can't have, you know, however he phrased it, uh, boundaryless <laughs> uh, friendships with men, you know, um, I, j I don't get it. Like, I, I understand what this man is saying that I just played for you. I get that. I mean, but it, that is a boundary to me. You know, he, he's not saying you have to do these things because we are in this relationship together. He's saying you can do these things that I approve of if we're in this relationship together. And if you don't, I have the choice as a 50 percent partner in this relationship to be like, no, no, thanks. Never mind. 
It's not for me. Like, wh- I don't understand why that is such a big deal. He's not allowed to make a choice of, uh, you know, character. So women can sit there and, and I'm not trying to turn this into a man woman thing, but women can sit there and go, he needs to be tall, uh, handsome, make a lot of money, drive this kind of, and women are allowed to do that. Those are their quote boundaries, right? To be in a relationship. And I'm probably using the word boundaries, boundaries wrong again there. And that's okay. But women are allowed to have standards, but men aren't. I, I don't get it. If these things make him uncomfortable in the relationship and they've already previously hurt the relationship and he's making it a point, he didn't call her a name, he didn't curse at her, he set, set things out that he accepts in a relationship or not. You know? What if he got with the person and they were perfect in every way, everything you could want, except they had just had bad teeth? And you gave up on them for that one reason. I mean, that's your choice. I'm not saying it's a right choice, you know, but but everybody's allowed to live and be with whoever they want. If if this woman that he was seeing for so long, you know, likes to have boundaryless relationships with male friends, which to me says they do a little extra shit on the side and it's supposed to be okay. Uh, that's what boundaryless means to me. You know, we get to flirt, we get to go out to dinner and we get to sleep, you know, snuggle together every night. No, fuck that, dude. For me, for myself, if I say I'm not going to be with someone who does that, who likes to live that lifestyle, you know, like, okay, let's, let's take it to drugs to try to drive my point further home. Let's take it to drugs. If, if, if Jonah Hill was snorting coke every fucking day and she sent him a text and was like, hey, man, I shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't really be doing that. I don't think I can be with someone. Would that be a boundary for her or would that be her dictating or whatever the fuck this guy is trying to say about Jonah Hill? He's saying what he's comfortable with in Whatever relationship, if it's with Sarah, if it's with Jennifer, if it's with Nikki, it doesn't matter. Across the board, this is what Jonah Hill is comfortable with. You know, and I see women on here saying, oh, all the things that he found attractive about her, all of a sudden she can't do. Well, he can't help that she's attractive. He can't help that he's attracted to her. She can't help that she's attracted to him. That's just the way it goes, you know. And then you learn more about a person and you learn about how they are and you start to go, oh, hey, wait, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this isn't the right relationship for me. I just don't understand, you know, this guy. I'm going to watch this video again after I uh, get off the podcast here. But, I, I, you know, I, I might even comment because I'm just not understanding how that's not, he's not setting boundaries. (laughs) He's saying, here's the line. If you cross these lines, you know, if you cross these lines, I I can't be with you. Yeah. That's a normal, reasonable. It doesn't matter what the request is. If you eat French toast ever again in this relationship, it disgusts me so much that I can't be with you anymore. I can't kiss you. I can't like, you can't fault somebody for that because that's the way they think. You know, that's 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 his ideals. How are you going to hate on him for that? Let's listen to more of what this guy has to say because I'm getting fucking riled up now. 
This is not an example of healthy boundary setting. Instead, it reflects an attempt at control. It demonstrates a lack of respect for Sarah's autonomy and individuality. Jonah's message is more about restricting Sarah's behavior to suit his comfort levels. and Right, restricting her behaviors if she is with him. Now, if she says, I'm not comfortable with what you just sent me, he says, okay, no problem. And he even said in the message, if these are the things you choose to do, I completely support you. But I don't have to be a part of it. If I join, if I go to fucking Walmart right now and get a job and I see they're doing unethical business practices, they're working children in the back and they're fucking picking up food that they dropped on the floor to serve the customer. You think, I No. That goes against my morals. I'm not going to work here anymore. It's the same thing, in my opinion. I'm not going to be in this relationship anymore if these things keep happening. These things which obviously hurt me, that's why I'm telling you, if you can't stop hurting me, I leave. And you don't. we don't be together anymore. <laughs> We're not together anymore. I don't see what the problem with that is. I really don't. Rather than expressing his feelings or needs in a healthy manner, a healthier and less manipulative approach might be for Jonah to express how Sarah's actions make him feel. That's what he's doing, bro. Should or should not do. Side note, I bet he loved how hot Sarah looked in her posts before they got together. So this is a bunch of bullshit. Anyway, Jonah needs to consider Sarah's needs and feelings and not just focus on his own, which it seems like... No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. If she's doing these things to make him uncomfortable and make these conversations happen, maybe she doesn't know. I'm not blaming her. Maybe she. this is just how she is and she doesn't see a problem with how she's... That's cool. That's totally cool, but he doesn't have to vibe with that. He doesn't have to be with that. You know, and, and just like he said, I'm sure he did like her photos before they were together. That's how he became attracted to her. He saw her swimsuit photos and, you know, but then he gets involved. I can see it. I mean, it happens all the fucking time. And I'm not blaming her. I'm not saying don't take this as I'm saying she's a bad person. I do think it's a little weird two years later that she's doing this. But, you know, whatever. I'm trying to get some views, trying to get some attention. But, you know, you're allowed to say what makes you uncomfortable. Now, now these, these people are just cherry-picking at this point. He didn't do it professionally, clinically right. You know, he, he didn't say it the appropriate way. He's They're just, like, nitpicking, you know what I mean? He's trying his best with the knowledge he has to communicate to her. He didn't cuss at her. He didn't yell at her. It was in a text. He didn't belittle her. None of that. I see none of that in this text. Um, yeah, man, I don't get it. I really just don't get it. Uh, it's, it seems very nitpicky. It seems very cherry picking, you know, and this is with the limited knowledge I do have on the story. This is just seeing it this morning. Um, but because he didn't do it like a fucking trained therapist would do it, he's all of a sudden a bad person. How many times you heard your fucking neighbors fucking argue through the wall? I, I, what was that video the other day? I saw a fucking couple on a jet ski getting a fist fight. You know, like, at least he tried, bro. Like, at least he approached it with a level of maturity to not come at her like uh, in a fucked up way. You know? At least he said, these are, you know, these are my boundaries. I, I totally agree with him using the word boundaries. Like, it's easy to pick it apart after the fact. It's easy to say, oh, he didn't say it right after the fact. 
That's easy to do. But for what he had in the moment, I think, I, bravo. Bravo to you, Jonah Hill. Bravo to you for, you know, telling her what makes you uncomfortable. And if that didn't vibe with her, that's okay. Go your separate ways. You'll find someone who will give you the things that you want. You know? I think Jonah's going to be okay. <laughs> I think she's going to be okay, you know? She's got all these, you know, friendships with these surfer men and all this. And that. Yeah, have fun. Have a blast. Nobody's hating on you for that. I'm, I'm just... I. The problem is I'm the same way in a relationship. I am the exact same way. If you're not giving me what I need, I'm going to say something about it because I deserve to have what I need. And if you can't fulfill those needs, I'm going somewhere else. If you can't fulfill my prescription CVS, I'm going to fucking Walgreens. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Seems very nitpicky and like he got the word wrong. He got the word. He used the word wrong. Okay, well, whatever, dude. You know what he's trying to say. What he, how he could have done it better. Fuck you, bitch. You weren't there. You weren't in his emotional state. How about we, we re, redo every fucking video this guy has ever made? Well, what you could have done better in this video is not have such a shitty fucking camera. Fuck you, dude. It's easy to be critical after the fact in a situation. I mean, I guess I'm doing the same thing. I'm just, I, I, I'm coming from a place of trying to understand why. You know, people are like, oh, I can't believe Jonah. And, you know, oh, I saw this coming for, you know, this is the end, said, you know, that he was an asshole the whole time. Like, I, I don't get it. You either vibe with the person or you don't. You know, if, if you met a person, I, I'm just going to keep giving the examples until they they run out of my head. If you met a person that didn't do fucking dishes ever, they're just like, sorry, babe, I hate doing dishes. I'm never going to do dishes. And that's a breaking point for you. I know that's a trivial thing to, you know, end a relationship over, and, and that's not the point. You have the choice to go, no, I'm not going to work that job. No, I'm not going to be in that relationship. He didn't belittle her. He didn't say, and if you keep doing this, you're a piece of shit. He didn't say any of that, dude. So stop with the fucking hate on Jonah Hill. I don't know what kind of person he is. He might be a shitty person, but in this scenario, he sent, he sent a private text message to his girlfriend. And what about that? Why is nobody speaking up on that? Why two years later from her? What kind of fucking attention is she trying to get? You know? And, and, and not only that, but it was a private text message between a boyfriend and a girlfriend. Why are you now putting it on social media? Like, doesn't that show some red flags for her? Nobody's talking about her. Everybody's talking about what a piece of shit Jonah Hill is. And I don't think he's a piece of shit. As far as this, to, in this scenario, in this text message, I don't think he's a piece of shit at all. I think he said what he was comfortable with. And if we don't vibe together, then we don't vibe together. See you later, honey. Plenty of fish in the sea for me and you. You know? I don't know. Write me at drinkuntilyoupodcast at gmail.com. Look me up on Twitter at drinkuntilyou. Let me know what you think. I just, I'm not agreeing. Some people I'm, I'm agreeing with in the comments, but not everybody, man. Like he, I don't know. Let me know what you think. That's going to do it. Let's finish these off. If you got them, drink them. Bottoms up. Cheers, everybody. Mm. I'm pretty sure I know the first message I'm going to get. Well, there's a reason you don't understand why he's coming under so much fire. You're probably the same way. You're goddamn right I am. 
if you get with me <laughs> and you're hiding shit from, I don't know about hiding. Nobody said anything about hiding, but I don't know, man. We all get to choose. We all get to choose who we want to be with. If you want to be single rather than being with the, you know, some people are sensitive to that shit. You don't know what happened to Jonah Hill growing up. You don't know why he might be sensitive. Why is it okay to shit on his mental stability, but not hers? We're like trying to protect her mental stability. What about his? He went through this relationship with her where she was just doing fuck all. You know, probably ripped his fucking heart out. But then the second he says something, she's going to put him on blast on the internet because he's famous. Because he's just, fuck, just fuck these bitches, dude. Fuck these bitches. Get what you need. <laughs> and let it be what it is, alright, anyways, that's gonna do it for, that was a negative way to end it, but I don't give a shit, um, as always, don't drink and drive, get an Uber, get a fucking lift over here, call Jonah Hill, he'll come drink with you, uh, get a DoorDash, whatever you need to do, just be safe out there, I will talk to you guys next week, let me know what you think on the Jonah Hill shit, I love you all, bye!